Welcome to another episode of Infinity X, where we give a stage and microphone to human excellence in the pursuit of never-ending opportunities and merging ecosystems with world-renowned entrepreneurs and influencers. Now, here's your host, David Harder. From the production studios of Epic Financial Strategies here in Red Bank, New Jersey, we are Infinity X, giving a stage and microphone to human excellence in the constant pursuit of creating ecosystem merger opportunities, exposure to megapreneurs, and access to people that you wouldn't typically have the opportunity to have access to in the opportunity of creating infinite sales opportunities. And folks, replay, we are infinityx.com. We are Infinity X YouTube. It's been a couple of weeks, and I could not be happier to be back here in the hallowed halls of Epic Financial Strategies. And this this evening, we have a special guest. We are joined by Andrew Calderella. Andrew, are you there, brother? Oh, there we go. It wouldn't let me unmute. It said you had to do it. <laughs> Sorry about that. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Of course, Andrew. How are you doing this evening, man? Good, good. Good to see you back, man. Thank you, brother. I appreciate that. Good to be back. And uh, folks, this is Andrew Calderella. Um, his story, and I've had the I had the opportunity to spend a little bit of time with Andrew a couple of weeks back. And I have to tell you, buckle your seatbelts, folks, because you want to talk about a story of uh, perseverance. You want to talk about a story of leadership, um, best-selling author. Um, you know, cheated a, a, a number of different things. And the way there it is, right there. And Andrew, I want you to spend some time speaking about that, but. Um, you know, Andrew, why don't you share with the good folks, um, you know, who you are, the name of your company, and then we're going to get into your story. Sure. My name is Andrew Calderella, as you said. Uh, company, whoops, sorry about that. Company that we're starting is the Seventh Foundation. It's the organization behind the scenes of the Way and the One, which is the One Tribe, the One Movement, and the One Party. And we have the Way, so it's the Way and the One. Excellent. And Andrew, um, where are you from originally? And uh, give us a little bit about your background, bud. Sure. I actually, I should say I own a couple other companies, Consulting Ace Incorporated and a couple other entities under that. So as uh, far as my background goes, I was uh, born in Detroit, Michigan in 1966 to parents fighting for the civil rights movement. I guess my story, it started behind the eight ball, as they say. I was born with dyslexia, other learning disabilities, and uh, lazy eye. Now, the lazy eye meant I was seeing 2200 vision out of my bad eye, which is legally blind. So they put a, a patch over my good eye to make me look out of that bad eye. I don't know if you can imagine a kid walking around with a patch over his eye, huge books, can barely read, can't spell, catch a ball to save my life. But I was uh, bullied relentlessly every single day, uh, almost drowned, thrown in trash cans, have all, all your stuff destroyed. I had teachers call me, tell me I was too stupid to learn anything. I should just leave right in the middle of class, kind of ridiculing yeah. me in class, things like that. So really led down a very dark uh, path uh, to the point where I didn't really want to wake up anymore. And anyways, if people can learn about my story, uh, struggles with, uh, you know, suicide and that kind of thing. And I've done videos on how to overcome that. And I did, just so people know, I did graduate from elementary school. I went into high school. I became a school leader. I've always been uh, athletic. Uh, but in more fights people can imagine. I've had a lot of tragedy, like you mentioned. Just lost my leg to a uh, dog bite. I've been attacked by dogs a number of times, oh car God. accidents, couldn't walk for years. Uh, anyway, I went on to college, got degrees in speech communications, theology, philosophy, lived overseas, got jobs in Japan, started a lot of different companies. And uh, like I said, overcame a lot of problems. Doesn't mean I still don't have any problems, but uh, it certainly has showed me a lot of truths and that's what the way is about. And that's why I'm kind of shifting gears from being a, you know, consulting ace, entrepreneur, business, uh, you know, marketer guy to sharing what I've learned all these years. Andrew, that there's so much to unpack in that. And thank you so much for being vulnerable. I, I truly, truly honor that. You know, it's interesting too. Um, I, you know, it wasn't when I was a kid, but, um, you know, I personally, um, <clears throat> detached my left retina twice playing baseball and, oh, wow. uh, I have about 2,200 in my left eye as well. So if I go like, you know, if I cover my, I can't see a dang thing. I swear. That's where <laughs> so I started. I, I can't even imagine <laughs> what I see now when you, when you were a young, uh, a, a young kid coming up. I mean, that's just, I mean, you know, especially I can't imagine that it was easy, especially in the elementary school phase, you know, because kids, you know, have the tendency to speak very freely, very honestly. Um, but, you know, 
take take me through, if you would, um, a time when because what I keyed in on there is when you shared that uh, that the teachers said that you're too stupid to do this, right? Or you know would say something ungodly like that to a child. Um, what was you know what did you do to persevere and really you know I would say wake up the next day and continue to move forward where you graduated from elementary to get to high school, you know get to the high school level and ultimately start to accelerate at the high school level. I would say if it wasn't for my mother, I mean, my whole family, obviously, but uh, my mom in particular, I would never have made it. And if you look at stories like mine, there, there's always this person. It could be a grandmother. It could be a father figure. It could be whoever. My dad worked so much. He was there. But, you know, like a lot of dads, you really ever saw him just because he was <laughs> working 60 hour weeks and whatnot. Um, but my mom, you know, it's like she would be the opposite voice, right, telling me that no, because I, just so you know, I, I also had some gifts. I have these, they call it, you're on the spectrum, but it's like they take things away from me, but they give you these other things. So as a kid, it was like, I spoke really early. I was using words way beyond my years and doing all sorts of like puzzle things that were like, they were like, how are you even doing this at five years old? So, so while I had that, it doesn't really help you practically in like math and spelling and all that kind of stuff, like an elementary school thing. So it didn't really show until I was uh, later in life, but I think that that's really the key. And my mom kept instilling in me this idea that a lot of good people that did good things in the world started out this way. You know, she, she would Absolutely. tell me stories of, I can, I'm really bad at remembering names, but if you look back, most of the biggest leaders, the greatest leaders we've ever had have had these greatest problems from Edison to Einstein to other people. It doesn't mean that they're not super smart in one area, but they're not smart in other areas. You know what I mean? So and I think this is really the key here. They call it learning disabilities. Uh, I was in the learning disability group. Can you imagine traumatizing a kid, just putting kids in a group, name that, and pulling them out of class? Hey, Andrew, it's time to go to the learning disabled group. It's like, you know what that does to you from the other kids in the class? Anyway, um, I think we can handle this really differently because it's really learning differences. So if they help me compensate for what I wasn't good at by using other tools, like learning how to use a dictionary properly and calculators and all that kind of stuff, and then really found out, oh, well, this kid's really good at doing this kind of thing. Let's help him you know, develop this gift that he has, instead of just beating me to death with this, you're stupid, you know, you can't do this, you're an idiot, you know what I mean, just get out of here, you know what I mean, and stuff like that. So for me, it's kind of changing this whole thing. That's what the way is about. Honestly, when I share all the solutions I found, it's just this little adjustment everybody needs in our thought pattern. And we can really become better people as well as fixing our world, because it's really through knowledge, the right knowledge, right, universal truths and whatnot, that you can, uh, you know, understand higher truths that will take you to a higher place, if that makes sense. It makes perfect sense. And, you know, folks, again, re replay, we are on FinityX.com. We are on FinityX YouTube. This is Andrew Calderella, best, uh, best-selling author of The Way. And, you know, Andrew, when you, um, you know, you go through high school, right? You accelerated in high school. You made the decision to go to college, right? Literature and communications, by the way, for somebody who had dyslexia, folks. I mean, so to just yeah, wrap your head around how incredible that that is. But when when you're going through, first of all, what college did you go to, Andrew? Uh, well, okay, let me say this first. As far as like high school went, I kind of came out of my shell in 11th grade. I'm always into sports, just, you know, I was bullied a lot, had like, so many fights with people. Uh, growing up and it just became this point where how do I say this it was like like it is my parents instilled in me that we're all equal and we're all worthy and nobody should be treated this way and it wasn't my problem it was the problem with these other kids and the way that they were being raised and whatnot and the psychological issues they had that were the problem so as far as me shining in, in 11th grade I think it came to the point where there was no bully that could bully me. You know what I mean? I was big. I was, I, I have done martial arts. I I've been in so many fights. You can't even imagine. And it came to the point where nobody in the school would mess with me. You know what I mean? Like, like I've stood off against people and whatnot, but they're not going to throw down, uh, you know, unless they, you know, sucker punch me or something, which I've had that happen a couple of times. Um, but you know what I'm saying? So as far as that standing up for yourself, it's self-worth. It's this idea of self-confidence that, I know in my heart, I'm a good person and I had worth and these people telling me doing this stuff just, you know, made me push back. And I was always like that. If you're going to throw me in a trash can as a kid, there's two or three of these bullies doing it because I'm not just standing there letting them do it. Um, 
it's always been a bit of a fighter. Uh, and anyway, so as far as, uh, I'm sorry, what was the last part of that question? Oh, no, no, no. Well, actually, even before I go into the second part of the question about, you know, college and the college experience and, mm-hmm. you know, where the entrepreneurial in, in you came out, let me ask you another question because I love playing in this space because I love when a human, human excellence, quite frankly, um, has that aha moment where, okay, I'm going to just, you know what? Enough is enough, right? I'm going to put my two feet in the ground. I'm going to stand for what I'm going to stand for something I believe in. I'm going to stand for myself, right? What was the moment? Do do you recall, was there a specific moment, a specific instance when you put your flag in the ground and said enough is enough and, and, and defended yourself? I was always like that. I just, I wanted to say this since I was a kid, like I said, it wasn't like, I mean, there was certainly a couple of times where I played submissive, you know, male to make them stop. Um, I learned that if you cry as a boy in front of the other boys that are trying to strip you down, sometimes they'll stop stripping you down. So I learned tactics on how to make people stop uh, doing certain things that weren't necessarily fighting because I couldn't win against six guys, but I could psychologically win by making them feel like whatever, you know what I mean? So uh, there were those kind of times, but as far as like me, I've had so many, I have a very in, uh, creative mind. And when I was a kid, I had a much, as you can see, looking through your eye all the time that way, your internal world is way more interesting than what you can Absolutely. see. I totally so, identify that. Yeah. yeah. So I, you know, for me, it was uh, my fantasy life. And I had a lot of spiritual experiences as a kid and uh, visions or whatever you want to say and things like that, that, that really moved me and brought me to the point where, I knew like, we're all the children of God. We are all equal. What they are doing is wrong. And you need to tell them that, you know what I mean? Like, like, it's not okay just to be quiet uh, and let the darkness rule the world. You know what I mean? It's like the only way that good people win is if we change the dark into the light. We cannot win. Otherwise, you're never going to win by violence. You're never going to win by fighting. You're going to win by turning your enemies into your friends. And you do that through universal truth, through understanding the core of what it is to be human, why we're here, uh, the true goal of life and all of the meaning of life and all that kind of good stuff. And that's what's in this book. That's, I mean, wow, folks. I mean, you want to talk about somebody of mega power. I mean, uh, folks, this, this is Andrew Calderella. We are Infinity X. And so so you you graduate high school, right? You go on to, you go on to college. And what college did you go to? Uh, Cal Poly Humboldt. It's in... Uh, Actually, just so you know, I went there to be a forest ranger. I really wasn't sure what I wanted to do. I love this. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that was, there's like two schools in the United States. That was uh, on the East Coast. I was in the Redwood Forest. I love the forest. I've always been super connected to nature. So it was perfect. But then I got into it, man. And and I I don't know if you know this, but being a forest ranger is a full-on science. I mean, the people that are forest rangers are like doctorate level you know people and i i couldn't do that math i couldn't do the formulas and everything else so i had to change i think i changed my major like seven times um (laughs) ended up getting degrees like you said in speech communications theology and uh philosophy really uh uh, focusing in eastern philosophy i I did it all i mean i i've always been into philosophy and theology so those classes were somewhat uh easy for me and i you know those speech communication ones just was more of a natural fit uh as far as my counselors you know, as they help you through to figure all this stuff out for my talents, as they say, it doesn't mean I was really good at it. Uh, I still get nervous going on stage and things, but uh, certainly it's I don't easy. think you should, man, because your presence and your and your moxie and your self-confidence is absolutely off the charts, man. I think you need a bigger stick microphone, quite frankly, my brother. And well, now- I'm just starting out. You know, it's like like yeah. you said that everybody keeps telling me that they're like, dude, you've got to be you got to get the, the truths out in the world. And. I want you to say this, you know, the only reason I'm here, I could have done so many things. I really do not like being in front of the camera. I would rather, you know, work in my garden and, you know, work on projects and do research and stuff like that. But, but you've got to have a face to it. And everybody tells me that these are the solutions that the world needs right now. And when I keep sharing, I'm like, I've been on about 70 shows. I think yours is maybe the 70th, 70th show. And it's, it's always the same. It's like, absolutely. You need to share this. You need to be out there. You need to do this. So I'm trying to figure out how do you do it all yourself and get on uh, and get the, all the word out. And that's what I've been working on for the last year. So, so right, <laughs> thank I, you. 
incredible. I, I love it. And we're going to go so deep into that because I think it's a message that just everybody needs to hear. And, um, but what I do, I, I love the journey, you know, because you, you know, okay. The self-identification is that, um, okay. The, the, the forest ranger aspect, it was, it was certainly something that you didn't want to, uh, you, you didn't want to go deeper down that rabbit hole. So postgraduate, what happened, what happened after that? Did you take a nine to five or did you go into business for yourself? What happened next? I actually, uh, I went to work for the government, um, United States government, Japanese government had this internationalization project running and uh, as part of the JET program, I was able to uh, get a job right out of college in Japan. Mm. And I lived in the mountains wow. of Japan and it was the it's coolest, cool. trippiest experience that you can, can imagine. I can only imagine, man. Yeah, it was really, really cool. I mean, honestly, the Japanese people are so cool. And this was at a time, just so people know, when the United States was like 1990 ish somewhere around there anyways and i was uh yeah i was in japan and the united states and japan were having some really hard times <laughs> it would trip yeah. me out because i went to i went in this rural area and i met all these families and these people they bring you into their houses and meet their kids and you know i see american flags in their houses <laughs> you know what i mean it's like americans are loved in japan it was just such a weird dichotomy on what the world was portraying japan like in the news, whereas if you actually understood the Japanese people, it wasn't yeah, like that. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And by the way, that is, um, you know, that's a metaphor for today's world as well. I have no doubt about it. But um, um, anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, there's totally no, no. And uh, we could talk about the biggest problems in the world. Uh, it, I mean, honestly, man, it's it the most problems in the world are caused by men, and it's this huge ego game. And a lot of these leaders, they're stuck in these old uh, types of leadership positions where it's, you know male arrogance against male arrogance, macho man against macho man. And it ends up with just this horrible games that we've been playing for thousands of years. And we're repeating history right now. Uh, you know, we're people, I don't know if you realize this, but we're already in World War III. Whether it ends or not, we'll see. But uh, Russia is not going to stop what they're doing. Uh, you know what I mean? It's like either the West is going to go to war or we're going to stand by and let them take over country and country and country. And then China's going to do the same. And again, if, if we're going to win, we can't just fight endless wars. We need to capture the minds of the people. You know what I mean? And, and kind of elevate the human race, right? As far as like, and this is where, this is the solution. Okay. If we are to become better people, right. Um, and create a better society, we really need a clear path that's all going to get us on the same page when it comes to these foundations of life. And I'm talking about big universal truths that add up to a greater truth, as well as the details on how to integrate all this stuff into your life, on how to be your best person you can be, as well as how to fix our society. And that's really the whole point to all of this. If you look at religion, uh, why you're raising your kids and everything else, it's all about you becoming the best person you can be and us creating a better world, right? You can look at that every philosophy, religion, deep uh, Judaism, you know what I mean? It's like the creating a better world, being good people. I mean, this is it, right? Why is it so hard? We all want the same things, right? We all want good functioning government, a, a thriving ecosystem to live in, you know, great food, a wonderful society, beautiful. You know, it's like, you just go down the list. It's like, yes, 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 yes. We all want this. So why is it that a few hundred people and a couple hundred companies get to destroy everything for us while the billions of us literally want this better world? And that's where I'm trying to say is the reason why it hasn't happened and isn't happening is because the good people are divided. We all want to be the leaders and we're siloed, we're segregated, we're diluted instead of joining together in a mass type of movement to get really big things done. And that's the only way they will ever, ever happen. I mean, just look at every revolution, everything that's ever happened that's really big. It's like masses of people get together and they make these great changes. The problem is in this modern age, there's too many of these movements. Just look at how many civil rights, environmental rights, you know, all these, there's literally thousands, tens of thousands. And it's like, what is getting done? Have we saved anything? You know what I mean? Like, where are we? If the reason is if we just focused all those billions of people gathered the money and the wealth. We could make deals with Brazil. I'm sorry, Absolutely. I'm going on and on. I no, 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 no. I'm getting motivated. <laughs> yeah, but that motivation is so, it, it, it's so authentic. It's so true, Andrew. And so like, now, did you have these epiphanies while you were in Japan or like what, 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 what transpired afterwards? Because it sounds like there was a tremendous amount of opportunity for you to have that deep thought while you were there. 
right? And what expanded next? Like, um, because this is this type of message, this type of energy being put out to the general population didn't happen just overnight, right? So what happened next? Well, it, it really started when I was a kid. Like I said, I had these spiritual experiences. When I was in college, I had a, a I don't like sharing these, some of these things because I think people think you're crazy. You know what I mean? Like you have these big moving moments that are really personal. Not here. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. You know? Not at all. Go for it. All right. I don't know if I could tell the story. It's kind of long. I, and I don't want to, I've only told it probably five people, maybe 10 people in my life, because it was by far one of the moving, most moving experiences in my life. I can kind of shorten a little bit, maybe. I I think that it's going to kind of paraphrase into where the book came from, you know, so I'm really anxious to hear this. Well, this, this was the catalyst. I I would say it all started before this, but I hadn't made this big change. So, okay. So I was in college and uh, as much as people do in college. We was a big party. It was on the side of this mountain at night, full moon out, kegs, people dancing, music. You can imagine it was just a, a major rager, right? Yep. Um, and I was there and like I said, I've always been very spiritual and, um, but I was kind of getting distracted. I started drinking more and I, you know, with women and all the rest of that. And that, that night was turning into one of those, you know, college kind of crazy mm-hmm. nights. And, uh, Anyway, so I walked out. I was just going to take a break. I had to take a leak and I went out into the woods and I don't know what happened, but somebody had dug what can only be described as two graves right next to each other. I'm talking like, you know, seven feet long, three feet wide, six feet deep, two holes right next to each other. I didn't see it. It's pitch black fires behind us, big bonfire. I'm, I'm, you know, light blind. And I walk right into this hole. I fall across it crack my head, my collarbone, fall down to the bottom of this grave, pass out. Uh, my collarbone is totally broken. My arms and I wake up. <laughs> I'm just like in the bottom of this muddy hole. Uh, nobody can hear me. I'm screaming. The party's too loud and climb out of this hole. Anyways, long story short there, I end up having to skip school, go back to Los Angeles where my family is and recuperate because it was separated and I had to land bed for months and whatnot. So during that time, I am, uh, I don't know, just super deep. I've always been really deep into like Fibonacci sequence. When I found that when I was a kid, it, I don't know what, it just drove me nuts. And then pi and all these numbers. Well, you know, I'm not a math guy, but I could, I could understand like Einstein's theories. If you, what was the coolest thing when I was a kid is that my dad got me these books called the um, Great Books of the Western World. Mm-hmm. And it has all the greatest thinkers of the Western world in it. And um, it actually had Einstein in there. And I thought it was going to be full of math, but it's not. It's full of like these, these math or these uh, image problems, like how to see light move and all this kind of stuff. Anyways, I was really into this stuff. So I'm reading, I just lay there. I'm just reading endless books. And this one night, um, I'm laying there and it's late. Like I couldn't sleep. And I've always been an athlete. When you lay me in bed for days, I mean, I'm like, I'm up at one o'clock in the morning writing and doing all this stuff. And all of a sudden, the Dogs start barking. It's like the, the air changes. My, you never get that ringing in your ears. We're like, Beep. oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, that All the dogs yeah. start barking and my bed creaked. I'm like, whoa. I'm like, what am I, what's going on? And I started getting this feeling like, you have to leave. You have to come outside right now. And I'm like, you gotta realize I'm, I've just started to recover from my thing so I can move around. I don't have a car. Um, I'm in my family's house. My dad is hardcore. Okay, you do not like leave my house at one o'clock in the morning with my father. Uh, no way. But I, I try to go to bed, try to go to sleep. I'm sitting there and I'm like, God, this is just, I will not go away. I end up stealing my dad's keys out of his room, which I, again, this is like way beyond. I sneak out of the house, I steal his car, I driving up the freeway. This is on the five, driving up north. I'm like, where am I going? Where do you want me to go? Just keep going, keep going. I was like, getting closer to the grapevine. And this is going to go over the big mountain range and all that. I'm like, I can't just take my dad's car and just keep driving north. It's like, <laughs> what is going on? And then he's like, okay, get off the road here. I get off the road and follow this road, this road. I have no idea where I am at this point. Then it's, I see this dirt road. And it's like, take this dirt road, I take this dirt road. And it winds up the side of this mountain. And, and I'm talking <laughs> through gullies and stuff. I mean, it was like, this is my dad's car, right? Yeah. And I get up to the top of this mountain. In front of me, there's a moon and I get out of my car. And I'm like, start walking forward. And it's feeling like I have to be naked. So I strip off all my clothes. I 
I know. I'm standing oh, in front of the moon. Uh, this is insane. I love I'm it. I'm telling you, like, this is why I don't tell the story because oh, keep going, man. I think I'm crazy. Yep. I know. I can't even believe I I'm do doing not. this, man. Really? I do not. <laughs> anyway, so I'm standing there and I get this feeling like I meditate. I've been meditating since I was kid. So I sit down and meditate, kind of balance myself. And I get this feeling like I have to walk these two roads. There's a path to the right and a path to the left. And I, you know, it's late. I'm cold. I'm meditating. I get up. And I start walking down this path to the right. And as I'm walking down this path, dude, this is where I don't want to, um, you know, short this story because it's, these moments are like, I start feeling this, yeah, mm-hmm. this evil presence is walking down this other path next to mine. Like I'm walking here and it's walking down and we're going to meet at the end. And I've never felt like evil as an entity embodied in a being, but it, I couldn't see anything. There was nothing there through my eyes, but I could feel this presence. And the farther every step I took, it was like, like the hair was standing up on my on end. I was scared. I've never been so scared in my life. I was ready to run. Like, oh my God, I can't believe what's happening. I keep walking. I get down to the end. And off to the distance, you can see Los Angeles and the the, you know, whatever, the freeway and everything. Yeah. And I'm standing there and I feel like there's this presence of evil standing next to me. Like literally, like Satan is there. In my head, I'm seeing all sorts of these weird visions of wealth and women and power and all of this. And it's like, it was like, here's a gift that I could give you. And I'm like, and I just started laughing. Like, like seriously, like I was like, really? You're really gonna throw that at me? I mean, God, how cliche can you be? And it started, as soon as I started laughing and kind of dismissed it, it was like the biggest rush of power I have ever felt. Like, seriously, man, if there was a lion or a tiger standing in front of me, it would have ran away at that point. I, and I knew it. Like, I, I was, I was like, I don't even know how to describe it. So I'm like, I'm, I'm raging. I'm like walking back. And I just turn around. I'm going to start walking back to the middle. I start meditating. I'm way out of balance. In my mind, I'm just like, it feels like, like the power of a volcano, right? And I'm just like freaking out. And I'm like, I have to get up and walk this other path. So I get up. I start walking this other path. Now this one is long. It's three, four o'clock in the morning. I have no idea. I'm cold. I'm naked. And I start walking up this. And as soon as I commit to walking the whole path, because it went pretty far, yeah. it was like this rush of wind went through me. It was like, it was like a, not a, not a cold wind because I was cold. But it was, it was like healing wind. And I, and I knew I didn't have to walk the rest of the path. So I go back to the middle and I'm sitting there uh, on my knees, you know, meditating. And in my head, there's like this, yin and yang or um it's like the power of the flower growing and cracking the rock you know what i mean to the um power of a volcano and fire and raging like this these these two entities uh the holy spirit whatever you want to call it it was it was like these these two brothers united and were trying to figure out how they could i don't know like i don't want to say brothers it's like uh it's like this, this merging of, of these two powers that are so opposite from each other. Like I said, in this yin and yang form to where it created balance. So I knew I was done. I finished meditating. I go home. And after that moment, oh, just to finish the story, everybody always tells me, um, my friends are like, you, what happened after that? I actually was able to sneak back into my house, put my dad's keys back and go back into my bed without anybody knowing, which was a miracle in itself. Yeah. Because I don't even know how that happened. Because my dad is like, you know, the man, he he would know if somebody opened the door. So anyway, so that's, that was the kind of beginning of me um, taking this to this next level, I think. And it was, I don't know, like I said, that was like one of the most intense moments of my life. And I kind of gave myself to this higher cause. Ever yeah, I was saying, what, did, what did it shape for you? What did it define for you? And what, like, what, you know, what I'll call it epiphany or conclusion came from that experience for you? That everything is a really an illusion. You know, it's like when I talk about like in the masterclass I'm creating right now that I'm shooting, it's the Life Essentials Masterclass. I started off with the meaning of life. You know, it's like it just I was able to see things a little differently ever since then. And it's almost like if I were to describe it to somebody, it's like you have a crystal ball. But in this crystal ball, there's all sorts of diamonds and they're all faceted in millions of different ways. And if you put light through it, It'll go through in a really crazy way. But if you line it up in the right way and you shake it properly, you can see this golden thread weaving through it and how this all works together. And that's what I saw. Now, why you gave this to a dyslexic 
kid who couldn't write a proper sentence to save his life. I have no idea. But then it took me 30 years to not only, how do I say this? When God speaks, it's like you get a, a whole dump of information in one second. It's like you see it all. And then you have to go do research to really understand what God's saying. And it was for me, it took you know, studying biology down to the cellular level to understand how our bodies work so I can understand food and um, how to heal ourselves and all the rest of these pieces, but also then the spirituality, understanding all our faiths and religions and really finding the true living God, not just book worshiping something, you know what I mean? And it took a long time and I was tested relentlessly. That's what my friends say anyway, <laughs> because they look at my life and they're like, dude, you've been attacked by you know, dogs, you car accidents after car accidents after car accidents, fights and crazy, crazy stuff that's happened to me um, throughout my life. And it's really just to, I don't know, sometimes there's like only one path to survive. And if you take it, you live. And if you miss it, you don't, you know what I mean? And um, I think that this is what it's all been about. It's about a test. It's about, you know, living up to your higher values in those moments where you could choose not to. You know, it's like, I think one of the biggest problems in the world right now is that we have a, a moral deficit. You know, there's the books like Machiavellian books and, the, you know, uh, the, the one in the East, the war book. What is it? I can't remember the names of things. Wow. Sometimes, sorry about that. You know uh, what I'm talking about? Not the Art of War. Did yeah, Art of War and, and the Prince by Machiavelli. Um, you know, that kind of thinking where it's, you know, take, destroy, manipulate, lie, get what you want, power, money, you know, stuff your house with gold, let them all suffer, that type of mental, um, you know, corruption mm. is what happens to a lot of people. And we need to be able to immunize ourselves from being corrupted when we get in these high levels of power. And you just look at the world today and you can just see that there is a serious moral deficit in the leadership of companies and the leadership of the world. Um, that is and, I mean, you know, Andrew, but just the this coming full circle and the, that that experience that you had and what you just shared, I, you know, I have oh, I just to remembered something. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. You just said that. And it's like I, I, I feel after that moment. I was given the 10 laws, the 10 laws. I, I changed them over the years to refine the words. But that was when I got the 10 laws, the 10 laws to live by that really encompass a moral code that will guide everybody through every challenge in life. And okay. that that's where that all started. I'm sorry. If you you know, gorilla in the room then is that, is the book centered around the 10 laws? Yes, absolutely. Uh, in step four of the way, just so everybody knows. Okay. The way that human beings work, we have this, what we call like our core belief system, our moral code. You can think of this, these, these fundamental core beliefs, that we have some of them as kind of an operating system, a filter, a way that you'll view the, everything in the world example. through. Give me an example of one of those moral codes. You like one of those. Okay. Like, uh, well, let me give you the 10 laws then. Okay. The first law is the primary purpose of life is to be your true self, live your true life and go to heaven. The second law is the primary purpose of society is to become the true society. So the idea is it should be fairly obvious that you being the ultimate you, living your ultimate life, uh, creating the ultimate world and going to the ultimate place would be the ultimate goal, right? So those two ideas, I call the laws of purpose. And those two laws are really the summation of what all of religion is about. And again, there's a lot more details to this, but I think you guys can get what I'm saying is that, uh, you know, be helping you, your kids grow up, you want them to be their best, you want them to live their wonderful life, you know, all these kind of pieces. So those kind of set the stage. Those are the first two. The next three laws, honestly, are at the heart of all faith, all morality and everything else, and will solve uh, most of the problems in the world. The first one is respect life. The second one is all people are equal. And the third one is the golden rule, which is to treat others as you want to be treated. And respecting life is about really just caring for our world. Like literally this is like we're in a spaceship and it provides our air, our water, our food and everything else. So why would you want to pollute it and destroy it? Like the lungs of the world, the lungs of the world, the Amazon and the Congo basin are literally being cut down by like two companies that bribe the people and are cutting everything down. We could fix that if we really had a clue. But um, anyways, let me get on to this. So the, the idea is respecting life is about caring for our world properly so we can thrive. All people are equal really has to do with uh, 
this is this is this is what gets me in religion and science we both agree to this point there's only one race it's a human race we share 99.9 percent of our dna for scientists out there and for religious folks all humans were created by god so we're all family so as far as that one goes if we just see everybody and treat people as equals and again i define this in detail in the book and then the third one the golden rule treating others as you want to be treated again that that rule alone uh, you can find in every faith throughout history, just worded a little differently. And that one's really about not only how we treat each other as people, but how our businesses treat each other, how our governments treat each other. If those were integrated into everything that we did as a society, I'm talking our, you know, systems, every system, treating people as equals, uh, caring for our environment, and as we would want to be treated in that situation, like I said, most of the inequities of the world would be solved right there. Do you see that? I mean, does that make sense to you? It makes perfect sense to me, folks. We are Infinity X stage and microphone. This is Andrew Calderella. And so, uh, you know, and, and you know, there's a tremendous amount to unpack in what you just provided there, right? But, you know, we're not going to, you know, a book doesn't just write itself, right? So, you know, when you, uh, okay, so you get back from Japan, right? And <laughs> you, um, I come back from Japan and I'm immediately in an earthquake that destroys all my stuff, cracks my head open. I got uh, like 19 geez, stitches in the top of my head. I almost died. God, I mean, man. it was like, it was horrible. It was the, Christ. I wish I didn't. Actually, after Japan, I, 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 to be honest with you, what happened is I traveled, started traveling. I was in Australia. I wanted to live there. I was trying to start a radio station with a couple of locals there. And my dad got sick. He got cancer. So I came oh. back to the united states this was right before the 94 earthquake like literally like i think it was like two months or a month before that i came home I, I, my buddy had a place we moved in i set up my stuff i had a friend over from australia he was an artist we're going to sell his got artwork everything area. got destroyed his artwork got destroyed the house got destroyed oh it's horrible anyway well so it's so interesting so i'm just i'm trying to find the i'm trying to follow the path sure, right so sure, sure. you get back so you get back to the united states and what capacity were you working were you working independently as an entrepreneur were you working no for- then after the earthquake there was no jobs um i got a job working as a car salesman and it was just because that was local and people were buying these trucks and i mean i sold 28 cars like my first month 30 this second i mean it's like i was on fire and i started making pretty decent money um and then after that, I worked for a media company. I had a lot of different jobs. If you look at my resume, not only working through college, uh, but all my career. I started when I was young. I mean, I've done everything from a gas station attendant, car. Uh, I was a, a construction worker, lifeguard, you name it. Um, but then, so I just worked my way up. I started doing sales. I was good at sales. I uh, started a business, uh, an environmental business. Uh, that what one got sales. Were you doing, by the way? I mean, and never forget about car sales. What type of sales were you doing? Was it consultant? Uh, media you- sales. It was. Uh, just selling everything you can imagine from TV, radio, magazines, you know, uh, you whatever. Aha, yeah. And when did you have the aha moment that you, that, that you discovered that you could, you could launch and run your own brand and not have to be dependent upon someone? Gosh, that started when I was a kid. My dad has always been in entrepreneurship. He had a few businesses. One of them got burned to the ground by his partner, but another story entirely. But I, I as a kid, dude. <laughs> We used to, my friend and I used to hold like, um, we have this place, Magic Mountain near us, right? So it's a big amusement park. <laughs> he had a big backyard. So we'd make like these uh, different games in the backyard, bowling and ring tosses and all sorts of stuff. And that's when I learned like I could make money. Uh, I also then started selling these cards that I'd buy off the ice cream man in elementary school sure. to the kids. And actually the principal actually called my parents and told me, told them to tell me to stop doing it because I kept taking all the kids lunch money and they couldn't buy lunch. So um, yeah, I think it was that kid, man. This is this, my entrepreneurial show. I always wanted my own business. Uh, it's not easy. I mean, you know what I mean? It's, there's a lot to learn to run your own business for sure. Business. Yeah. And tell me about that. What was the first business that you launched? I mean, like, you know, post elementary school. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I guess the first one would be Santa Cruz Solutions. And I live in Santa Cruz. This is um, while my when I came back from Japan after the earthquake, my dad's still in chemo and everything else. I started this business, Santa Cruz Solutions, and it was offering uh, environmentally safe alternatives, uh, cleaners, not only to people, but mainly to businesses. So, you know, instead of spraying your office with all these horrible chemicals, um, you know, it was like, you can use uh, environmentally safe cleaners. So that's what we were doing. And then the company that was buying the products fund 
uh, just, I don't want to get into it, but I've been ripped off so many times in business. I can't tell you, like you could buy stock from people and they don't send it to you. And you know what I mean? And then your credit, I don't know, nightmares, and, nightmares. I, I totally identify. But now what did that teach you and how did that shape you? Like what, because yeah. you were, you're a very glass half full kind of guy, man. You know what I mean? So like I see, you see the silver lining in the business mistakes that you made and it shaped you to be, to move into the person that yeah. you are and the influencer that you are right now. So what did that teach you? And then where did you land? Sure. Well, you only learn from your mistakes, really. I mean, I think that that's what makes really great consultants is one that they've worked with a lot of different people that had a lot of different problems, but they've also been through a lot of problems. It's like, Man. you want a problem solver, you're going to hire a consultant that's seen and done pretty much everything because they're going to have a perspective that you cannot have right from where you're sitting. And that's the gift that I have. Not only do I have the gift to see certain things, but I also have a, a gift, I think, to be able to communicate with people and get them to tell me what's going on. And I'll tell you, 90% of the problems in companies are already known by the employees of that company. They're just too afraid to say what's going on or they're just too abused and they don't really care. Oh, um, whoa, whoa, whoa. I love that. That's a great access point. By the way, folks, we are Infinity X stage and microphone human excellence. This is Andrew Calderella. We are infinityx.com. We are InfinityX YouTube for the replay. And so Andrew, you just made a very profound statement. Employees don't feel the confidence level to be able to voice displeasure. Right. Or you or a, a, you know, culture and morale is essentially more oftentimes than not, not ultra positive and employees don't necessarily feel as though they have a voice that's going to be heard. Is that is that a recognition that you came up with? And Absolutely. how do you consult? I, it? Yeah, um, I, I think that a lot of times the problems in companies can be sourced down to the people actually doing the jobs. And if you talk to them, they'll tell you like literally what the problems are and where they're feeling like they're not valued or the system is stupid. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't know, you have so many different examples. Like this one guy had, uh, you know, you have to move these crates in the morning from here to here for some reason that they had protocol for. And they're like, why are we doing this? We don't need to do that. So just wasting time yet. Then they, the bosses get on them because they're not as productive as they need to be, but they won't change certain protocols and, you know what I mean? Like you just need to analyze the whole situation in the company and figure out where are the bottlenecks? You know, where are the, the key problem points in the company, whether it be from the CEO's perspective or the maid's perspective? You know what I'm saying? It's like you want, when I would say to people, there's no, no unwanted jobs. There's no lowly people in your company. Okay. You're all equal. If, if there's a job in your company, that person needs to do it for your company to exist. So, so if you're looking at your delivery people, your, your people that are checking people out as uh, we don't really need them, we really care, and you treat them poorly, they know that. They're underpaid. They're overworked. You know, they know that you don't even care about them. You replace them in a second. So you know, it just creates a lot of trauma in the world. You know, I always go back to this. I know I'm skipping around a little bit, but I want to make a, a – this is like the big level picture that I, I have this conversation with business owners all the time. I ask them, what is your business about? What is your key point of doing this business? A lot of times people tell me it's money. Very few say it's about solving some key problem, bringing some service. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And yeah. the people that want to make money over solving problems is the problem because one of the biggest problems in the world is underpaying people, right? People want to live a decent life. They want to send their kids to school. They want to take a vacation. They want to buy good food. They would like to be able to filter their water, whatever it may be. But if you don't pay them enough, they can't do that. That creates a lot of stress and worry. And if you're working 40, 60, 80 hours a week and you still can't live, how much anger do you think that makes? How much resentment do you think builds up when you're looking at your kids? You're like, wow, look at all those other kids. They're out there playing, like going on vacation and I can't even, you know, do anything for my kids. And yet you're working full time for Amazon or Walmart and you're on food stamps. And yet they're claiming, oh, we made $200 billion. No, you just robbed your employees of their lives, right? And destroyed the environment because you won't check out your supply chains and let them cut down the freaking Amazon because you need to have make another extra million on top of your hundred billion that you already made. This is the problem. It's the greed focus, right? If you're only focused on profit as the whole point of your business, you're corrupt. You fall into the dark side. You need to realize that it's about supporting all the people in your company first, making something wonderful for the world that helps us not destroy. Oh, we're, we're lying to you and destroying the environment as we're underpaying our people, but we're the best. You know, it's like, give me well, a break. I <laughs>
<laughs> Man, this is bombs after bombs right here. This is Andrew Caldarella, and uh, we are Infinity X. And Andrew, so look, that's that's a very powerful message to hit a business owner right in the face with, right? <laughs> you know, and and when did you discover consulting business? And by the way, the the name of your the, the name of your consulting group that consults businesses is Consulting Ace. A-C-E. Consulting. I'm the ace. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and, ace and the right here. When did you launch that brand? And give us an example of a business that you had. And you don't have to say the name, but give, give us an example of business that, that received your message, made actionable change, and saw actionable results. Sure. I uh, started my business in 1999. I was at the very beginning. It was really focused on SEO, you know, online marketing. It was a new business there. And I, I was able to pick up a lot of clients pretty quickly. Um, as far as consulting, let me just say this, you know, I'm going to kind of summarize a lot of this all into one, like all the relationships. When I consult with CEOs, especially and, and top level executives, certainly we focus on the problems that they're dealing with, like where I'm setting up teams, helping them build um, SEO teams, internet marketing teams, whatever. But then when you talk to them about their personal lives and things, you discover a lot of problems. So what I ended up doing a lot of times was helping them with their private life, which then turned around and helped their business life. Mm. And this is one of the keys I, I always try to help people understand. It's, it's not just business. This is your life. It's got to fit in with everything and you've got to maintain it all. Because if you do not have all the different major foundations of your life kind of up to par or better, any one of them can destroy you, right? Your health, your uh, relationships with your wife, your finances, whatever it may be. If you're just like, oh, I'm just going to sit here and work and not do anything else, then everything that falls apart, it can seriously destroy your life. So when I started doing this business and why it evolved into not just um, business consulting, but kind of a business hybrid life consulting is because it was this one CEO, gosh, how old was I? I don't even know. It was probably five years, seven years in my business, whatever. And there was this guy. And he was in his probably 50s, 60s, typical, super rich guy, super unhealthy, divorced twice, smokes, really crabby, really unhappy, but super rich, right? Mm. And I remember talking to this guy and going, you know, what is it you really want? You know, what is it you wanted when you started this? And every time I talk to people, this is what they want. They want the freedom. They want the opportunity to be able to make a difference in the world and all this. And I'm like, then what happened? Why did you, you know, he's like, I wish I spent more time with my kids. I don't even remember their lives. I, I never went home after work and my wife ended up divorcing me. I got divorced twice. You know what I mean? I've got heart problems. I've got, you know, other problems, whatever. And, you know, it's like, I think as a young man, I'm like, God, I don't end up like that. Right. Mm -hmm. And you see so many examples like this. I mean, look at Elon Musk and God bless you, Elon. I could seriously help you if you want, but you know, and I don't mean to use him as a bad example, but if you look at his life, you're like, all his employees seem to complain about him. Like he's a, he's an overbore. He's not very healthy. And I'm like, I'm like, so you have all this, you're the richest dude in the world. You treat everybody super poorly. They're all afraid of you. You're totally unhealthy. What is it you're doing then? You know what I mean? It's like, as a human being, you, you, I say it like this, it's like, uh, you ever see those guys with the plates and the sticks and they're running around, keeping them all up in the air. Sure, of course. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Balancing okay. Right. Yeah. That's what your life is like. Like, this is your relationship with your wife. This is your kids. This is your health. This is, you know what I mean? You got to keep all these kind of going at the same time. And once you understand how you can integrate some best practices and uh, key universal truths into your day, it doesn't have to overwhelm you. You know what I mean? It's just this little bit of action in the right areas all the time add up to something great. And if you start young and you do all these things as your fundamental habits, you can become a better and better person. It's literally about um, you know, it's literally about, what do I say? You know, it takes about 90 days to develop a habit. Mm -hmm. So if you know what the best practices are on certain key ways of doing things and you integrate those over every 90 day cycle, you literally will make yourself into a better and better and better person. So what I do when I, uh, meet with people is it's kind of like a triage, right? We go through these different major areas of your life and we rate them and we talk about them and which ones are, my relationship with my wife is horrible. My health is great. My business is flying. Where are we going to spend our first moments? <laughs> you know, is helping you a little bit with the triage. Yeah, sure. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, um, you, but then, do you find that do you find that people are t are are um, <clears throat> defensive 
when you first engage or breach on that topic, because, you know, it's like the deer that, you know, here's the crackle, like they're gone, you know? Well, you got to, you got to, you got to pre set it all up. Yeah. You can't just walk in there and go, Hey, you know I mean? You got to talk to them about what we're going to do, make them feel comfortable. And I'm just saying that like as honest human to human, like I like, dude, I'm not going to say anything that, that I want you to know. That's not going to, I'm not doing this to offend you. I'm not doing this to excite you. I'm just trying to get to the nutty gritty so we can fix I'm it. I'm hearing you, but I'm, yeah. I'm hearing you. You're doing something very, very intelligent. You're having a, um, uh, a discontinuation interview, if you will. Yeah. Right. So I call I, it a meta. We go meta. So we talk about what we're going to talk about and mm -hmm. we talk about how we're going to talk about it. So we set these rules. We set the stage before we even go into the conversation. And just so you know, guys and women and everybody, if you're going to have a conversation with somebody that is intense, this is a great technique because it diffuses half or if 99% of the problem, because you're going to say, I don't, I don't want any, you know, blow ups and all this stuff. That's not the intent of this. We're trying to focus, trying to find the nitty gritty. And I'm not doing this to upset you. I'm not doing this to hurt you. I'm not doing this in any other way just to find things. So don't take offense to what I'm saying. And please help me understand, right? If you come from that angle, um, which is truth. I mean, that's where I want to be. I want to find out what's going on. And it's hard. It's like a doctor. You know what I mean? It's like, you're going to have to talk about some hard things and mm. you're going to have to be able to do it. And some yep. guys have a really hard time. And all I say is sometimes you can just raise your hand. Like I said, a lot of men were not taught how to express or even talk about our emotions. Mm -hmm. So when 100%. you, when, when you call them on it, it creates a lot of confusion and it may create anger and all this other stuff. So what I say is, look, don't say anything. I just want to give you a red card and a blue card and a green card. And you tell me if I'm asking you a question that is like triggering you to like throw yeah. up a red card, right? If you feel like you can talk about something or you want to, you know, just take a break or whatever it is, you know what I mean? Let's, let's get through this. But that's with the nitty gritty. You know what I mean? Every time that happens, that's where the problem is. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, they know it. And all I say is, look, you know, that that it's like, you're, you're working on somebody with, you know, a massage and you're like, Oh, you got a pain point. Well, we can't just ignore that point. Right. Like that's the whole area right there that we're going to have to deal with. And again, you don't have to do it all in one episode. You can just be like, all right, we found the pain point. We know it's this, we know it has to do with that. Let's just take a break. Now let's go out and play some how golf. Many, Andrew, how many coaches do you have on your staff? Uh, it's just me at the moment. Wow. I, I, I am training other trainers. And again, I, I don't work with everybody. That's why I'm doing these. Uh, I'm, there's three levels to training, right? You have your course that anybody can go on and take, right? which I'm developing right now. And again, I'm just getting started, guys, on this whole, like the way it. and all this, the book just came out and everything else. So little piece Life of Essentials Masterclass will take people through the big picture, you know, meaning of life, true goal of life, why you're here, give you the so four parts of the solution you're after, the seven-step overview, all of that. Um, people that work with me one-on-one -on -one are usually pretty, uh, high level and it usually lasts for about a year, but it's also fairly expensive. Obviously I can't work with many people, um, but I do have a program to train other trainers. And I have a couple of people that are working on this with me now. So if you're interested in either or anything, you know, just contact me. I'm really open. And, and, and take us a, a little bit into, I love that, Andrew. And um, folks, this is Andrew Caldarella. We are Infinity X stage and microphone replay, infinityx.com, Infinity X YouTube. Um, and Andrew, what is seven way? Sure. Take us into that one more time. I just noticed somebody mentioned suicide on the chat. And I just wanted to say this based on that. I'm sorry, I was a little distracted there. I love that, folks. By the way, if you have a comment or a question for Andrew, put it in the chat. Yeah. Um, I want to say this, that I did have problems with that. I don't know if you're scarred as a kid that you ever get over them, but uh, I created videos on how to overcome negative thinking, depression, and suicidal thoughts, as well as it includes the seven reasons why not to kill yourself. I also created another video on how to overcome addiction. Um, those ideas are in the book too, but that's incredible. The, you know, mental health, <laughs> it's like, if we teach our children how to handle their emotions and their minds correctly when they're young, you can immunize them from having these problems. But also if we create a better society to where the hard starts don't happen because we created a better world, like people always, I, you know, I, I hate it the most when people like, like, oh, but the bullying and all that made you and who you were. I'm like, yeah, for every one of me, there's like a hundred dead kids in the background. So mm. there are other ways to motivate kids. Um, I can't remember the name of these places, but they, when I was a kid, it was like, you could go and you could like climb these things and do all these rope tests. It builds up your character. It's like challenges your, you know, your. Oh your, yeah. What are those things? I, I know exactly. You know, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Um, 
but those, was, you know, there's a, there's other ways to build character in kids than bullying them. So anybody who thinks that, oh, that's okay, that's good, that's good, it's not good, it's not okay. And we need to we need to help the bullies not be bullies because they grow up to uh, really hurt our world, as we can see right now. And a lot of them, a lot of the biggest bullies I see are the kids that are have that really strong A personality that are not raised correctly, right? They're not learn how to be. Uh, a protector instead of a bully, right? They're not, they don't learn how to use their power and their strength and everything else for something good. They use it for something to dominate. And a lot of the bullies honestly have the worst home life that you can imagine. They're acting out as a cry for help and they don't get help, they get reinforcement. Um, and that's really the problem. And again, I, I, I'm doing a video on how to overcome and help bullies not be bullies as well as help the victims of the bullies. So that'll be out. Andrew, you're such a beautiful incredible spirit and your message I, I i can really understand how if i'm running a business um regardless of what it is right my my world financial services um but one that impacts people you know the que the question the question folks that you need to be asking yourself is um you know am i doing this for money or am i doing this for purpose right because if you're doing it for money the vision might be clouded right that's what i'm hearing and well, if you know go ahead Andrew. Well, I, I, I'm sorry. I think a lot of things a lot. So I just want to say that I believe that the, some people do businesses because they they need to do something to live. And, you know, that's honorable, but not everybody's made to be a business owner. You know, when, when I help startups, I've done my own and I've worked with a lot of startups. Um, they, most people don't even understand like that you need a business person. I'm talking the guy that's going to sit in hours and hours of meetings with accountants and, uh, you know, insurance people and, you know, going to cram down on the desk and figure out the employee handbook and all that kind of stuff. That's running a business, right? Yeah. I talk to a lot of startup guys and they're like, Hey, we have this great idea and I can't wait to have my Ferrari. And you're like, you know, um, you know, we need to, we need to reevaluate what we're doing here. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. Ready hike set right there, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, you know, and that's where I always look for, like, who is the business guy? When you say that to a startup people, like, who's the guy that's going to be running the business and they don't even know what I'm talking about, you know, you're in a, a tough situation. So sometimes it's just education. You get a, a lot of young people that start companies and they want to do it, but they don't understand what running a business even means. Like they, their product ideas. Oh, we have this great idea about combining this wind thing with the electrical bulb. Okay, great. Okay, so let's talk about the business plan. Okay, well, how, what is a business plan? Hey, Gary, by the way, if you have a question for Andrew, put it in the chat, buddy. Put it in the chat. I see your hand raised. And I see one here about uh, no hallucinogenics. I was stone cold <laughs> sober in my parents' house, which is locked down city, dude. I mean, I couldn't have a drink or anything if I wanted to. Uh, sorry, somebody asked that in the chat. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, that's no, I, I, I saw that. Was I saw that yeah, it's my. <laughs> <laughs> but he actually yeah, quite frankly was being serious about that uh, about that when he mentioned yeah that. no no that was that so, was you know. anyway. so 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 what are you up to right now today talk about your companies and then where are you going and why do people want to pay attention to you and hire you sure uh what i'm doing right now is i'm working on a bunch of different videos i'm working on this series of the uh life essentials Masterclass, which i mentioned walk people through these big things but I also moved to do what I call these solution videos. So I'm shooting things on the biggest topics of the world. Uh, right now in America, we're talking guns, abortion, homelessness. So I, I have those. You can find other ones on the website, things like how to overcome corruption, uh, how to fix our justice system, things like that. So right now I have 22 videos that I'm slated to record and then produce and get out. So that's the big push right now. And the whole goal here how do I say this? It's like, you, if you're going to help people become the best people they can be, like everybody in the world, as well as fix our society, you need a clear path that's going to get everybody on the same page in regard to these big things, as well as give them the details and the fine points on how to integrate all these key points in their life. And what I found is a book is great, but most people don't read books anymore. So we need videos, we need a series, we need different trainers, we need all this stuff. So as you can imagine, I'm here... Um, just people know, like I have my my other businesses, but I just kind of let them go to really focus on this. I've been blessed. Like you said, I had a lot of businesses. I also have a drug testing business, drugtestingace.com that really kind of runs on autopilot that allows me to 
um, fund on the basis of my life, though it did get. Crushed By the way, David, that should be your answer right there. <laughs> you drug know, testing is that's actually testing for those things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I have a drug testing business that uh, helps really for companies that are looking to. And again, you know, I'm not a hardcore like no drugs or whatever for anybody. I'm just saying like you don't want people on heroin driving around our buses for kids and things. You know what I'm saying? So there are legitimate reasons to test uh, companies. So don't get on me for that. But the the whole goal here is to grow this now into like I have the one, we have the way, right? And the one, the one tribe, the one movement and the one party are places that humans, that we as people can unite and then actually make these big changes in the world. So I have the, all these groups started on Facebook. They'll go other places, but uh, they're all on the website too. And the whole idea here is for us all to get this knowledge and then group together and make these great changes. And let me just say this about the one movement. I really, I mentioned this earlier, but this is really the key. And everybody I've ever talked to agrees with this. Imagine one movement. I'm not talking any of these other movements have to stop. They can all join their people into this one movement. Imagine a movement with a billion plus people in it. So most oh, yeah. people are donating a couple bucks a month. There's rich people, there's famous people in there. And then we laser focus on a problem, like literally like with Brazil. You know what I mean? We can go down to Brazil and make a deal. There's no way they're not going to make a deal with us because if within the way actually outline the, the ways to peacefully force positive change, there are levers that you can just push that will force these changes peacefully. They, they cannot otherwise exist if you uh, if these levers are pushed. You know what I mean? Like a business can't exist if you do not um, buy their products, period. <laughs> you know what I mean? They will, they will either fold and do what you want or they will go out of business. So you push enough pressure on a big company like that, they will bow down. The same thing with the with like the Brazilian government, we can make deals with them and give them money and renewities and all the rest for helping protect this uh, resource of the world. You know what I mean? And again, there's, there's so many big things that we could do. And all I'm saying to everybody, hey, if what we have been doing worked, it wouldn't be this way, right? So we need a new path. The one movement is that path for these societal changes that we can do, but then the one party is a new political party that is focused on making government work correctly. Again, when I study all this stuff and you study the society and how things work, there are best practices that you can implement in just about every situation from being a secretary to uh, law enforcement, you name it. And if we just come up with the best ways of doing it and keep refining and refining and sharing and sharing and refining and sharing, we're gonna create a better world. So it's not like, like government is evil, right? There's nothing that's evil in this world. These systems, we need them. We need our water systems, educational systems. It's that we as human race are flawed and this corruption because we don't know how to handle it shows up in everything and in ourselves. So if we can learn how to uncorrupt ourselves, right? And become better people, we can create a better world. And that's really the whole message here is to share these fundamental universal truths and best practices in a way that people can digest them. And then we can all be like, yeah, yeah, hold hands and let's take a step forward as a human race. It's like, we just need like a big chiropractic adjustment, you know, and we could be standing up straight and doing a better job in the world. It really doesn't have to be as hard as you think it is. Like I said, just imagine billions of people and all the famous people, and all the stuff, and we're all focused and we're doing this. It's gonna be a party. I mean, we can make it fun. It doesn't have to be this horror show. And these guys that are making this a horror show that lie and cheating and ruining the world and creating all this hatred and division, you guys need to stop. You are so lost. I know some of you think you're doing good, but I just want to say you're not. You, you fall into the dark side. And everybody that's ever done evil in this world always thinks they're doing good. From the Pope in the Crusades to the Inquisition to the you know, to whatever, man, you just go through it. And it's like nobody, Hitler, thought he was the best guy in the world helping everybody. Man, you know? Andrew, I got to tell you. I've had some incredibly interesting, um, dynamic, fascinating people on the Infinity X stage. But this evening, without a shadow of a doubt, has been one of the most extraordinary experiences I have had in, in the two years that I've had the good fortune of running my show. Um, and, you know, you. I, I think that folks, it, you know, replay, um, we are infinityx.com, we are infinityx YouTube. If you didn't raise an eyebrow and, and, and pay attention uh, or catch uh, the, 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 the message and the holistic message that, Garrett, that, that Andrew put out about consulting 
a business psychologically as well as vertically, um, you weren't paying attention. Watch the replay. I saw it firsthand. The messages around suicide prevention, uh, the messages around unity, the messages around um, you know rally, you know rallying around a cause. Um, you can apply that to your business. Have you done so? Right? Have you focused or looked at how the messages from a broad scope perspective actually apply directly to your business at the local level? And have you looked in the mirror? Right. And Andrew, why don't you give these folks a final final and then tell okay. them where they can find you and where they can find the book? Because I have just I, I am fascinated by you, bro. I really, I really that. I can't wait to continue to watch what you're up to. man. All right, I can't wait to come back. Um, yeah, I could share a lot more. I feel like we're just getting started. I just want to say as a business owner, bring it back to that. Remember, your people are people. Talk to them about their lives. Once you care for them, you're going to want to do right by them. Um, and I can't tell you how, how good that's going to make you feel. Like if you know that lady in your uh, office is having a hard time with her son and you give her a little extra time off so she can help them in the hospital or whatever it is, she's going to appreciate that. And if you pay people well so they can live good lives, they're going to love coming to work and helping you. Um, anyway, so much more there. Take care of your people in this world. That's like the whole point of having a business. Anyway, uh, as far as reaching me, the hub for everything I'm doing right now uh, is this website, 7WayMe. That's the number 7, W-A-Y dot M-E. And you can learn about the way and the one and everything else I'm doing. You can catch all the other shows I've been on, find links to all the videos I'm doing. And again, I'm just getting started. I need all the help I can get. I nowhere have the resources I need to really make this move. Um, you don't know my whole story, but I've been lied to and cheated and stolen from so many times. It's ridiculous. And it seems like I'm under the gun right now to, to make this work. It's like, um, for, you know, whatever. Anyways, so just go to the website, check it out. Join me on all the social media, share, like stuff, you know, help me promote this. If you have a talent that you would like to add, you know, just a little bit by a lot of people can change the world. So that's my message is let's join together and make this happen. Get the knowledge and take some action incredible folks this has been we are infinity x at a gary put in thanks david excellent content keep crushing the broadcast thank you gary thank you for keep showing up and suiting up brother appreciate you um replay we are infinityx.com we are infinityx youtube this has been andrew calderella this is the way and um you know andrew i just want to share with you again that uh, this has been just an a real joy um and 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 Unlike, I, I, again, any unlike any conversation, but here, this is the power, folks, of Infinity X, right, where we can create infinite opportunities for folks. Andrew needs a larger stage and a larger microphone, right? Connect with Andrew. See what he's up to. Learn about a little bit more about the message. See where there's a fit. See if what he's doing is valid for what you do. Um, and Andrew, again, it's just the honor and privilege has been mine, my friend. You know, I've really, really enjoyed. I see you in my future. I look forward to co-creating with you and and learning more about what you're up to off, you know, off camera, obviously, and seeing how we might be able to to co-create together. Um, so Andrew, thank you very much for spending some time with us this evening. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. You got it, brother. Folks, we are infinityx.com. We replay, we are infinityx YouTube, uh, and we are infinityx.com. And this has been Andrew Calderella. I want to thank you all for spending some time with me this evening. And, uh, until next time, um, we are infinityx. We'll see you. Uh, we'll see you next Tuesday. Good night. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of infinity X. Don't forget to check us out on YouTube by searching We Are Infinity X. Until next time.